Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents, the last one for 2015. Here on this glorious, boiling hot Saturday, the 19th of December. I'm Giselle. And I'm Pierre Morrow, and、um, yes, we've got、um, a slightly different program, haven't we? Well, that's、today? right. It is the final show for the year, so we're going to、um, do a little bit of a news roundup for the year,、um, and just recap on some of our favourite stories, some of our most heartbreaking stories, and some issues that are just too big not to mention in the final show for the year. But unlike normal.、Uh, Previous years, when we've done this roundup show, we did want to、um, recap or highlight the、um, Global Day of Action in Cambodia. So we do have an interview、uh, that we might do first up on the show this morning. All right, we'll go、um, straight. straight into it. <laughs> no worries.、Um, comrades will probably be will probably remember、um, Sinyat Yon, who、um, is a Cambodian garment industry unionist. It's travelled to Australia、um, a number of times, and we've hosted her here in Australia a number of times.、Um, Sinyat was one of the people that was organising the Global Day of Action、um, in support of a minimum wage for Cambodian garment industry workers. So they're fighting for a wage of 177 US. US dollars a month, and that is up from 128 US dollars a month, which is not a huge pay rise, but would make a world of difference to those workers. So、uh, here's Sinyat. International Human Rights Day is、uh, the day of campaigns, including the garment and textile worker and other workers, organised by the different trade unions、uh, in garment industry and also in other sector as well. And there、uh, are four or five provinces organized the campaigns of the International Human Rights Day, and they asked to release for 15 activists, including the parliament's uh, uh, members, in the jails that、uh, were arrested、uh, by the governments. And the purpose of the、uh, campaign is、uh, justice. We hungry justice. This is the purpose of a campaign, and because there is no justice in Cambodia right now, many government workers they work very hard and low wage. They are for more wage, just decent wage, for them to survive in the life. But it's still poor wage in Cambodia compared to. Uh, like、um, the consumers, they buy in high price, but the worker they are still work in very low pay. It's about ninety percent, ninety percent gap difference. So、uh, the trade unions in garment industry and the other industries demand for minimum wage is one seventy-seven, and right now the minimum wage. Increased from 128 US dollar to 140 US dollar for next year. It means it's about 12 dollar increase. 
was the the research found by uh, labor advisory committees and including the government part the employer and also the workers found at least 177 US dollar in the urban and city that they can survive for each person to live in the city with 177 US dollar so the way for next year is 140 US dollar that's not able to live in this way so they have to force over time they have to force to work in the holiday and public holiday so it's it's not just it right now and uh, recently the Asia Flowway Alliance including Cambodia uh, Vietnam Bangladesh Sri Lanka and in India they have uh, survey that's a minimum wage and living wage the minimum wage here in Cambodia at least $170 for uh, one person to live in the city and the living wage is had to be 400 US dollar to live in one family and it's for them to pay their children, the house and also the medicals and everything so right now the minimum wage is it's not uh, fit to the minimum wage it's still lower than minimum wage that found by the uh, labor advisory committee as well um it means uh, the minimum wage provided by the government recently is not fit to the minimum wage while found by the advisory the labor advisory committees there are three parties over there is uh, worker reps employer reps and government reps they have a research that the minimum wage in the city at least 170 US dollar per month for each person to live but uh, the Ministry of Labor have made decisions also with in the system of the labor advisory committee they will give 140 US dollar for minimum wage in year 2016 it's mean next years they will increase from this year 128 US dollar and next year is 140 US dollar you mentioned earlier the um, issue of justice for the workers that have been arrested. I'm presuming that you're talking about the people that were arrested in January 2014 when um, some striking garment workers were killed um, because police opened fire on the strike and then some 20... Um, three workers were arrested. I thought many of these people have been released now. Is that the case? Uh, those uh, activists were uh, released already, but recently the uh, people from the uh, communities were they try to demand for uh, life dignities, but 
they were uh, arrested. So uh, the activists from the community, the uh, like political activists, they got arrested because of their demand something to just to better life. But our government tried to uh, arrest them and put them in jail. So. Uh, many organizations, including the uh, trade union reps, asked for justice to release those people and ask to increase the minimum wage as well for workers to survive. And do you think that the um, Global Day of Action was successful? How many actions were there internationally? Um, it's Many international action, including the industry, all including the UNIs. There are some meetings uh, here in Cambodia, and also they have sent uh, the statement and petition to the government for uh, taking care of the minimum wage. And also recently, uh, about the trade union law, the government willing to pass this law and a lot of recommendations from the trade union and the group for the union that try to uh, give the recommendation to government to think uh, for the freedom and the rights of the uh, trade union as well. Well, Sinyet, congratulations on such a successful Global Day of Action. We've seen many photos of many actions that have happened across the world. Um, is there anything you want to add to this discussion? I think uh, we're gonna fi we can not finish about the global of action. We need to help and support each other, especially. I think uh, the big important to play in this role is the brand. The brand is have the highest uh, profits than the other. The supplier, they get very little according to the, um, according to the corruption uh, system in Cambodia. They still spend a lot of money on the table, but the brands, they buy with the cheap uh, product and they sell higher price. So, my idea to ask the brand have to think about that and they have to uh, provide worker dignity and living wage for uh, someone who produce for them to earn their profits. Three CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. Wasting time. 
It is 13 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents with Giselle and Pierre. And who brings you um, Asia Pacific Currents, Pierre? Australia Asia Worker Links, of course, here on your favourite community radio. And if you want to contact AWL, you can go on our Facebook and our website, awl.org.au. And we've got a Twitter account as well, but I'm not on Twitter. So, but I'm sure <laughs> so you of... pretend like it doesn't exist, is that right? I'm sure a lot of people are on it, so it's great. But um, go for it, um, Giselle. The... So we are doing a roundup of um, significant events across the year, um, just in our final program for 2015. You back announced the, your oh. fantastic interview. <laughs> uh, so the interview that you heard earlier in the program was um, one that I conducted with Sinyet Yon. She is a government industry unionist in Cambodia and was a part of organising some events for the Global Day of Action that was that happened on the 10th of December, which is International Human Rights Day. And that was fighting for a minimum wage for garment industry workers in Cambodia. <laughs> Moving on to the Moving round. on to <laughs> the year in review. What is happening in the year? And we have to say that even just before, Giselle, you made a very nice compilation, but even just a five-minute chat, we went, oh, <laughs> there's other things. So we might remember other things as we talk because it's been That's quite right. an eventful year. It absolutely has. I wanted to start off by remembering some of our fearless fighters that died. Um, and uh, I wanted to start off by remembering uh, our great comrade Ray Jackson, who was a lifelong fighter for justice and Aboriginal rights. He was a trade unionist. Um, in, in the railways, in fact, in um, New South Wales, and a, f- a former member of the Freedom Socialist Party. Ray Jackson died on the 23rd of April um, in the last year. He was a member of the Stolen Generations. Um, he was taken from his mother by the Australian government when his father was killed in the Second World War. So it was Comrade Ray Jackson. Incredibly tragic uh, story there um, in terms of the Stolen Generations. So... Yes, we'll, um, I'm sure a lot of people will continue your work, Ray. And Shahrok Zamani um, is one of uh, many, many comrades um, who have died in Iranian prisons. So Shahrok was a founding member of the Syndicate of Paint Workers of Tehran. He was arrested um, by the Iranian government for his trade union activities and he died in uh, mid-September this year. Yes, uh, and again, like you said, one of uh, one of many, and uh, certainly our comrades in ter- in Iran uh, battle very hard against uh, repression. And we've uh, brought you a couple of interviews over the years about how they do it and um, what they're struggling for. Still, uh, still on me. Still on you. You've <laughs> got are... a list there. I'll, I'll just make the intelligent comments <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Oh, that's what I love about broadcast programming with UPA. Um, I thought it was also important to... So, yes, um, those are the two comrades that we particularly wanted to talk about that have died, but hundreds of thousands of workers have died at work in industrial accidents or having been directly targeted by the um, repressive arms of their respective governments and have been killed in the struggle and while fighting. So um, while we can't name all of those comrades that have died, we definitely remember them because it is their struggle that we continue. 
and uh, and of course just um, of one one note one of of many the the big disaster this year was in the northeast um, city Chinese city of Tianjin uh, a few months back as people will remember when the um, it was a, a fertilizer or a chemical storage it's a bit hard to even know even to this stage it was a um, big um, a big um, uh, warehouse uh, it literally just uh, exploded when the chemicals mixed up um, hundreds died and um, and really was fortunate that it happened in well relatively fortunate that it happened uh, right in the middle of the night. If it happened in the middle of the day, then the death toll would have been even higher. But again, it just shows you the importance of occupational health and safety and um, the fact that, uh, as you said, Giselle, um, many of our sisters and brothers die every day. Sometimes you have huge events like the Tianjin uh, warehouse explosion, but often it's just one or two at a time. Um, it's while we're talking about the uh, repressive arms of the government, um, it's critical that we remember the countless unionist activists that have been arrested um, because of their industrial action and because of their, I guess, subversive actions against the state. Um, I wanted to start this by looking at the leader of the Socialist Party in Malaysia who was recently arrested, and that is Comrade Arul um, so Arul is facing some 15 years of imprisonment under um, sedition. That's right. Uh, and again, sedition, uh, the Sedition Act is one of those uh, acts that many countries really have. Uh, just sort of a grab bag and put you in jail. And um, yes, we'll, we'll think about it in a few years what happens to you, which is unfortunately becoming very prevalent. Uh, other security or sedition, terrorism. Now, terrorism is the flavour of the month. That's right. But we have been seeing an increased use of the Sedition Act in Malaysia to arrest and target um, activists, human rights activists, trade unionists. Um, there was an earlier arrest in October of um, Khalid Ishmat, and he is another member of the Socialist Party of Malaysia. Um, so he was particularly targeted under the Malaysia's Multimedia and Communications Act, but further um, charges were filed under sedition. So it's another... Um, story we need to remember this year when we're looking at um, the right. issue of repression and arrest. We can't go past the CFMEU here in Australia uh, and while it would seem obvious that we would start with John Shetka and Sean Reardon of the CFMEU in Victoria, I actually want to talk about um, an, another comrade that was arrested in August under the same, um, uh, with the same charges and that CFMEU organiser Johnny Lomax. He was arrested and charged with blackmail for the act of trying to secure better wages for his fellow workers. And fortunately, they've been dropped recently, so that's great. And, of course, we can't go past... Uh, our well, hang on, just oh, on that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So that is right. Those charges were dropped, and it will be interesting to see how that plays out with um, Shetka and Reardon. But what is... Um, extraordinary about these blackmail charges is that it's basically redefining what union activity is. It's almost the case now that any um, advocacy or, or advancement of workers' rights from an organiser of a union with the boss is necessarily blackmail. That's right. Um, you could say they're criminalising trade union activity. but uh, <laughs> You could say that, I could. You? I could say that, yes. Um, 
yeah, all right. And of course, there's uh, very recently again. It, um, it's almost happened in the same week as uh, Riordan and, and Shetska. Um, Hang Sang Kyun in, in South Korea. Uh, people would uh, regular listeners would know the Hang Sang Kyun. Uh, it's not the first. He's a Korean trade unionist who, in 2009, led a heroic occupation of the Sangyong. Uh, a car factory in South Korea and held it for him and his comrades, held it for two and a half months uh, and were fairly, um, finally overwhelmed by the military. Uh, he spent uh, over three years in jail for that. Uh, this year, he was actually the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions had a um, total uh, open election. Basically, all the members of all the unions could vote and there was a whole number of slate of workers that um, um, put the hand up and Hang Sung Kyun also put his hand up and his slogan from what I've been told was if you're like me I will call I will call a general strike to reverse the anti-labour laws he was elected and he did call a general strike actually there's been more than one general strike so he, he kept to his words and um, for that he's been arrested and he's now under not too sure what he's been charged for but he's still under arrest so Dear comrade, we will uh, we will keep fighting for you. Absolutely. And, of course, the Secretary of the Iranian Teachers Union was arrested and he's still incarcerated, and that's Ismail Abdi. He's the General Secretary, as I said, of the Iranian Trade, um, Trade Association. Um, so, uh, of course, wh- whenever our comrades in Iran get arrested, it's um, a major concern because um, they die in those prisons. That's right. It's um, it's quite a major major thing. We'll go to a. Just before we just go, I just want to round it up by saying there are obviously hundreds of thousands of comrades that have been arrested whose names we don't know, but we do know that they're languishing in jails across the world um, because they had the audacity to fight back against the system. We know that hundreds of uh, hundreds of thousands, I would say, of Palestinians that are fighting against Israel are also languishing in Israeli prisons on hunger strikes. So. Our thoughts um, and our solidarity sentiments with those workers and comrades worldwide. That's right. And that's something I think that the labour movement globally could certainly do more about uh, defending and, and freeing our comrades in jail. Hey, this is Nick from Pinyar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. Twenty-four minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio Three CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. It is the final program for 2015. We will be back next year, of course, but we want to round up news from this year just to remind lis- listeners of all the struggles across the Asia Pacific region. Well, not all of them, as many as we can possibly fit into uh, the short time we have. We couldn't possibly round off 2015 without commenting on the historical strike in India, which is and remains the biggest strike in the world. And what are we putting the number at? I mean, part of part of the difficulty, listeners, Pierre and I have read so many different reports of how many people participated. We publicised on the 6th of September, we said 150 million workers went on strike. I don't 
I don't think so. <laughs> I, I would agree. I think that is on the upper end. But the interesting thing is the lower end figure that I've seen is 50 that's, million. That's right. That's right. That is the lower. That's the lowest number we've seen, 50 million, which is more than the population of Australia. Imagine that many workers on strike. That's right. So even if we take the lowest figure around, it is still the world's biggest strike. And it's interesting how there was hardly any coverage in the media apart from us and a few other places. So, um, yes, so well done to comrades. They're still fighting hard. And I think, you know, uh, once general strikes had a real big impact, but things are different now. I think one day general strikes just don't seem to have that impact anymore. That that was pessimistic. I wasn't expecting you to say that, Pierre. <laughs> That's not pessimistic. I think we have to look at reality in, in the face. Well, I... I, I agree that the Labor movement does need to respond to the changing tactics of um, the capitalist bosses and we're not as good as doing that. A couple more um, significant um, strikes or mobilisations. Indonesia, so we've seen a, a new kind of invigoration of the labour movement in Indonesia. And um, in fact, just last month in November, we saw hundreds of thousands of workers go on a general strike as well. 22 provinces, 200 cities in Indonesia participated. And that was to demand a living wage across the country. Yes, and they've been really been quite active in the last um, three years, the, the workers in Indonesia. So I think it's fantastic. And it's it's certainly an area that we need to do more work to um, link up better. And in Turkey, um, following the suicide bombing in um, a city street, we saw thousands um, rally in protest and in um, and demanding peace. Um, so that was October and we saw a massive two days of um, general strike action there. And um, following up from that, there's um, there's actually in the oh, what's that city? Diyarbakir. I, I mispronounced it in the eastern uh, part of Turkey. And there's a number of other um, uh, cities which are now basically under mil- military lockdown in Turkey. And there's been quite a number of of uh, of deaths or shooting deaths from the military. So the the situation there is becoming um, worse and 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 worse. So. Um, The millions and millions of workers from Syria that are walking to Europe, we can't forget them and we certainly can't forget the war that is killing workers in the Middle East at the moment. That's right, uh, Giselle, and we've really only got two minutes to talk about such Let's just say some words. The rise of the far right and the fascist movement globally, that is something we're definitely going to have to continue to look at in the coming year. That's right, and I think the fact that the the continuing crisis and the wars which are just continuing and the rise of the far right are not actually two different things. They're actually symptoms of of the same ongoing uh, crisis. And um, look, I'll say one thing about that whole area of West Asia is that there is one large group that could really make a difference, and that's the um, migrant workers in countries like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, uh, blah, blah, blah. There's there's, there's millions of them which are totally disorganised, unorganised, if they were organised, 
that's that the world will be totally different. We may send you there, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of Asia Pacific Currents for this week and this year. We will be back on the first Saturday of February in 2016. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for your listenership. Thanks for following us um, through all of the struggles across the Asia Pacific region um, and we we trust and hope that you have a safe um, holiday period and we'll see you in the new year. That's that's right and uh, we'll be back uh, bigger and better and uh, more more sharp as, as always. So that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hanna. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.